T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Talking about buying $28 tickets to the draft party. <laughs> it's from 6 to 10. Okay. And I'm like, all right, yeah, I'll probably be there. All right. Um, but everyone's excited about it. Bears in this particular position. Um, there's so many different – there's a few different, not even so many. There's a few different ways that the Bears should go. Has your, has your view on what they should do, their approach, has that changed at all over the course of the last couple of weeks? I'm probably more open to the idea that the Bears – trade down lower. My initial thought was, you know, all right, stay in that top four, top five range and like make sure you get one of these blue chip prospects who I, who at the moment I view as blue chip prospects like Will Anderson, like Jalen Carter. I guess I'm more open to the idea that maybe they keep trading down. You know, like I, I think the Bears love Braxton Jones, you know, who, who knows how they feel about Larry Bourne, but we know that he was one of their fifth, he was their fifth round pick last year and he started every game at left tackle. They're very excited about what he's going to do developmentally. So I don't think it's likely. I don't, I, my guess would be it's not a preference for them to say, let's definitely go into the draft and get like an offensive tackle right. in the top 10 to replace this guy who we think has great potential in Braxton Jones. So I don't think that would be their preference, while at the same time, either way, you bolster the depth of talent, the competitive depth of your offensive line if you end up doing that. But I think they would feel better about bolstering that defensive front. What would be more where I would imagine their preference is when you go in that high in the draft. When you draft that high, you want somebody who's going to start from day one yeah. and likely play at a high level for you. And especially at the at the top of the draft like that, there there are names that are like buzzwords. And for us here in Chicago, two of them are Anderson and yeah. Carter. Right? Yeah. It's like it's almost as if we've just been sold this thing that it's them or bust. And mm-hmm. someone else, Mina Kimes, is th- throwing her name in the hat with what the Bears should be doing, and she had an interesting take on what the Bears could do with that number one pick. There are two defensive players in this draft who are in their own tier. Uh, Will Anderson, edge rusher out of Alabama, Jalen Carter, defensive tackle out of Georgia. Seeing Tyree Wilson, who's the edge rusher out of Texas Tech, creep up into that group. But if you believe it's those two players and you drop below pick four as the Bears, you risk missing out on one of them because you have Arizona who's probably going to take a defensive player at three and then Seattle's right behind them at five. Right. So there might be a floor for them. That said, the other thing that's true is that this Bears roster needs a lot of talent. The front seven needs help. The offensive line, they need skilled players. And if a team like, say, Carolina at nine or even beyond that were to offer a mother load of draft picks to move up to number one, I, as Chicago, would seriously consider that, even if it meant missing out on one of those two or three defensive players at the top. So what's your definition of mother mother load of picks? I suppose not only this year's first, but this year's second. You know, you, you want multiple ones, and 
multiple day two picks. Like a one and a two and a one and a two would be great. If you don't get that, you, you at least want multiple ones, a two, and but some that, other day two and, draft pick also. And you feel like that's worth like. Do you think that that is worth it then? Because I get the better question. Because mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if you're getting, let's say you are getting another number one and another mm-hmm. number two, let's just randomly throw numbers on those okay. picks. You're talking about like a 15 to 20 pick, let's just say it on the good end. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. then, you know, a uh, uh, pick 45 to 50. Uh-huh. It, are, are, are you more? Are you likely to grab another? You know, starting linebacker that's going to play at that high level, well, I or mean, are you it, getting guys that are just filling in the roster? You know. Yeah, I mean, when you're you're talking about another, an additional first round pick, another second round pick, because you, you'll still have whatever you trade down to. You'll have your one from, or well, I guess you'll have the one that you trade for mm-hmm. for this season, and the additional second round pick you get from them. So you would likely get you know, two good second-round picks that you would have for this season. You have their one also for next year and your one for next year. So I think, you know, you're in a position where you can accumulate additional starting-level talent. You think about both DBs that the Bears drafted this year are both guys who we think, you know, in Jaquan Brisker, Kyler Gordon, both, you know, especially the finish of the season, look like guys who say, you know what, they, they look like competent starters. They look like guys who will grow into competent starters, and especially Jaquan Brisker, maybe he's got, you know, Pro Bowl potential and everything. Who knows? Kyler Gordon, perhaps, as well. He started being a playmaker at the end of the season. True. Like we talked about on Bears Unleashed and here on the score and everything else. So, you know, in the second round, you, you can get good guys. You can get good players in round number two also. So if you're going to be able to have four different, you know, additional picks that, that you can acquire between day one and day two, then now you got the, the potential to stockpile high-level talent because, you know, you're only going to have – 31, 32 first-round picks this season, 31. Yeah. But in most years, 32 first-round picks. Those guys who are going to go in the first half of the second round, really throughout more, most of the second round are guys who may have had first-round grades on them at some point throughout the draft cycle as well. So you can still get high-level players there. So something all Bears fans want is another wide receiver for Justin Fields. Yeah. And if we're looking solely in this draft, if you look at the majority of the mock drafts that are out there, the top-tier receivers are getting taken in the first round. Mm. Like in that ten to twenty five range, you're seeing Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, Quint Quinn Johnston. I mean, you're just seeing those guys being taken. How can the Bears put themselves in a position to get a top tier receiver if if what seems to be coming back to them is not going to be a, another first round pick in this draft? Yeah, I mean the the issue with receiver is you know like a Jackson Smith and Jigba. He, he's been in a position where he he tried to come back in the lineup for Ohio State several mm-hmm. times this past season. He's been in, in a position to train for the combine for a while now. I don't know how fast he's going to run. And so, in the combine or in the NFL? Uh in in the combine. Okay. Like at, at the combine. Because of the injury. Okay. Right. Yeah. And and frankly just, you know, I, I don't know that he's a straight line burner anyway. Okay. I think he's an excellent receiver, he's going to have a great pro, pro career. As far as a guy who's just going to go and burn it up at the combine, I'm not sure that's him. And, you know, not that I don't think he's going to run a 4-7, but I could see him, like, as a low 4-5, and folks will be like, oh, well, I don't know if he's, you know, like worthy of a blue-chip, you know, type receiver pick or something like that. Uh, but I, I like his game a lot. You know, you, you mentioned um, Johnston, the, the TCU receiver. I'm not sure how refined his game is mm-hmm. on the whole, but he is a guy who will likely light it up at the combine, like Kevin White style. Right. Uh, but, but is he kind of an all-around complete receiver prospect? I, I have a little bit of concern for that, but I think there's a lot, a lot of physical potential that's there. But you can get 
you don't have to be in the top 10 to get a top flight receiver. You know, receiver isn't quite to the extent running back is, but you, know, you, you can go into day two and still get a guy who, who can play at a high level for you at receiver. Now, you know, you're 1% of, of, of 1%. You're blue chip. You're superstar right. wide receivers. You're having that Zach Veen conversation. Because isn't that what we're supposed to do? All or bust is either get a stud or, like, nobody wants another bootleg Darnell Mooney, you know? But I think if you if you go into the middle of the first round, there there there's going to be good value there for multiple positions. There's going to be okay. good value there for offensive line. There's going to be good value there for wide receiver. I don't think you're necessarily going to want a running back there in the middle of the first round. But in a scenario where the Bears, if they were to trade out of the top 10, that's where you know, you'll know you have a, a lot better value mm. for one of these offensive tackles that will likely be available there. Certainly for wide receiver, there should be good value available there. If you end up trading out of the top 10 and getting into that middle of the first round somewhere, that's where I think you'll you'll be able to get a high-level receiver. Is it like an immediate game-changer for you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure there's that in this draft cycle, but – you know, guys who can come in and step in and, in a good and a quality offense, yeah. play at a high level for you, like Christian Watson style, what he developed into late in the season. By the time he really figured things out in Green Bay, then, you know, he was a high level player. So there's guys who are going to be able to play good football for you. But do you have a Jamar Chase who day one is just this dog that like changes Everybody your knows. whole offense? I don't know if there's that in this draft cycle. Yeah, it seems like like 90% of the mock drafts I've seen have Jackson Smith and Jigba going 12th to the Texans with their second pick. Mm. So that that way they do, they go quarterback and then they go, you know, wide receiver. So there goes the guy that Justin Fields obviously is, is super high on, right? Mm-hmm. And then when you move down from that, we didn't mention you know, Jordan Addison from USC, another big-time receiver, but they – they got him going like the, the Patriots want a guy, a wide receiver in the first round. And, you know, like a couple of other teams that are just dead set on adding talent in that way. The, the, the Green Bay Packers, for that, for that matter, someone that feels as though they need to add a, a wide receiver as well. So that's just when I, when, I, when I think about how, right? You know me, I'm about solutions. Right. So I'm like, all right, so if we are to get a, a wide receiver, so you're telling me that we should curb our expectations when it comes to the quality of wide receiver we get because we're not going to get the blue chip guy. We're going to get a guy that can contribute to the team. Well, I don't think there's a Jamar Chase in this draft, but I, I don't think you have to be a Jamar Chase right. to immediately be a productive receiver in the NFL. I mean, Darnell Mooney's a great example of that. There's better guys in this draft cycle than Darnell Mooney who the Bears could come and, and could add to things. And, and especially with the way this offense operates, can be a guy who makes big plays for you without necessarily having to be like a volume catch wide receiver. I think that role is going to be available to someone. Mm-hmm. They, they're going to want to add speed. They're going to want to add – somebody who can be kind of an immediate explosive talent. Maybe that's where Quentin Johnston may be that guy who they say, we're just going to have a defined role right. for you. And if he's available, if they trade down and they're in the middle of the first round and he's on the board for him, then you know maybe Luke Getze, Matt Eberflus, they look at it and say, okay, he's just got traits, like just raw physical traits that we can just utilize him just in a, a couple of specific roles in this offense that we can really get something out of just to just to make our passing game longer than it was this yeah. past season. I wish I wish I could just like sneak into Hallis and go into the room and I'd be like, guys, I'm not going to say anything, but I, I just want to see like where do you got these these wide receivers valued at? Like where do you now? You is, know, is that because that's that's the slot that kind of excites you most for the Bears to be able to add something in in this draft? No, okay. I think I think it's more so I know what everybody wants and and uh. and, and, and and even and then a one A. I I I want the argument that Justin Fields needs a receiver and an O line. Mm-hmm. I want that to I want that to happen. You so want it all solved immediately? Not solved, but I, I want him to get a wide receiver and an O line so that that way we can then have the conversation about Justin Fields uh-huh. in a better way. Yeah, right. Because right now it's like 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 
and and Heron Gabriel Ramirez, six hundred score. Like the, the big one is when people are like, you know, don't change Justin Fields out of the first spot. That's absolutely ridiculous. You can't do that. And then I, I keep telling them, all right, well, if they do get him a wide receiver and they do get him an O line, what is his floor then? Mm-hmm. Right. And I feel like a lot of people aren't ready to ha- prepared to have that conversation. Somebody today, they were like, uh, well, it'd be the same as it was this year because this is how bad he was. What? He, what? If you're telling me he needs a wide receiver in the O-line, he better not have the same floor as he had this year. Uh-huh. But it's like, but what is that? Like, how can we visualize that? Because then we get a better idea of who Justin Fields can be. And I, I'm tired of talking about what he needs in order to be Justin Fields. <laughs> get his ass what he needs so I can see Justin right. Fields. And we got to remember, free agency will begin before the draft right. gets here. So you're going to have a, a month to just kind of see what Ryan Poles pieces together out of veteran players, mm. you know, before you even get to the point of having that draft weekend. And I think that's one of the advantages is there where the, the Bears have this dual position. Ryan Poles holds all the cards because he's got the most cap space in the league. So you can begin to spend some of that in free agency. And then you'll know, all right, if I spent wisely and I did shore up a few holes in free agency, then we get to the draft and you kind of know what you prioritize come draft weekend as well. And in theory, he'll already have some significant transactions made before he even trades the number one pick. Which is now, wild. maybe that ends up showing his cards a little bit, you know, if you do that. But I, I think that's just the wise way to go about it, where you get into free agency for a little bit. You know, and if nothing else, we, we know the combine is going to happen this week. You're going to start talking to Groats about it tomorrow, yeah. see what some of the scuttlebutt is from Indy. But you get through the combine and just see who's starting to fall in love with some of these mm. guys, with some of these quarterbacks. Might be a handful of QBs. Some of them are going to be reaches. Well, like, you know, for most drafts, we end up seeing reaches. Will Levis, somebody's going to reach for Will Levis probably. Somebody's going to fall in love with Anthony Richardson this week just because the raw horsepower that's there as an athlete and just the physical specimen yeah. that he is at the quarterback position. Somebody's going to fall in love with him. So by the end of this thing, man, you might get to the end of the combine and just folks are drooling over several of these QBs. And that's a great position for the Bears to be in if that ends up happening. There's been rumors that people have approached Ryan Poles already about that number one pick. That number one spot. I mean, like, I'm trying to think, how does that How does that even happen? Is it, Do you think <laughs> Do you think that's more of a, so what do you want? Or do you think that's a, here's what I'm going to give you kind of conversation? It it starts off as a, what do you want? Okay. And then, that's good to know. And then the reply from Ryan Poles needs to be, what are you willing to give? Mm-hmm. You know, I, don't, yeah, I think it's because he's in the... You know, he's in the power position. He's the one with the pick. So in the end, you want the other, other folks to to show their cards first yeah. more often than not. Now, I guess you could you could take the risk of scaring some folks away and be like, well, actually, what I want is I want the Dicka deal. I, I want the Ricky Williams, give me your whole draft deal. You know, that if you're willing to go that route and just see, maybe you scare somebody away or, you know, maybe Jim Mercer is like, you know what? I'm glad you said that, Ryan. I'll get back to you. Yeah. Then Ryan Pohl starts cracking his knuckles and putting his feet up on his desk like, all right, I got him. Yeah. I got it. That was the response I was hoping for. Yeah. He, Jim Ursay is going to give me his entire back. draft. I'll be back. I'll be back. Uh, Let me see what I can right. do. Right. Now, you know, if he starts you know, hyperventilating or something like that, like, oh, I really want the number one pick. Oh, but I didn't think you were going to ask for my entire draft class. I don't yeah. think we're going to be willing to do that. <laughs> then maybe you overplayed your hand if you're Ryan Pohl. Yeah, and I'm hoping he's doing uh, – I hope he's doing the former and, and really just, <laughs> you know, being bold and, mm. and, and, and assertive in those moments. But it's going to be cool. Yeah. It's going to be cool to see again. I, I cannot wait. Like, this is going to be such a fun next couple of months, and I know mm. we're going to be talking about it to the death. But you know what? I don't care. Sometimes you do those kinds of things. Yeah, man. There, there's a and there's a lot to discuss because for right now, like we're talking wide receivers, but we're going to know so much more a week and a half from now. Yeah. You know, because nobody—I shouldn't say nobody. 
most of these guys haven't been seen on the hoof yet. Right. So once you get to see him on the hoof, you get to see him running, catching, throwing, everything we're going to see in India. Not everyone's doing it. Bryce Young isn't, isn't going to be there. He's not going to throw in person in Indianapolis. And he's had you know, part of the concern for Bryce Young, his durability. He's had problems with his shoulder in college. He's gotten beat up a little bit. So I'm assuming that's a part of the reason he may be giving some of the scouts and everything just to get completely healthy by his pro day before he's willing to throw in front of people. But, you know, in the end, the rest of the guys who are there, C.J. Stroud is going to throw, Will Levis is going to yeah. throw, Richardson is going to throw. You're going to have a lot of these other quarterbacks who are seen at the top of the draft, like Hendon Hooker isn't healthy yet either. He's another guy who I like a lot, frankly. A lot. I like Hendon Hooker more than I like Levis or Richardson, just same. as we sit here today. Same, same. You know, we'll no, same. To, yeah, I feel we'll the exact same about this thing more closely. But, you know, on the whole, the fact that all the other top guys not named Bryce Young are throwing, that's still a great position for the Bears to be in. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a good one. All right, we're going to continue this draft conversation I know Bryce Young isn't throwing, but we get to talk to somebody that actually is from Alabama. He covers the SEC Network, SEC Network. Of course, I'm talking about Cole Kubelik. What does he think the Bears should do with that number one pick? We'll find out on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron, right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Bears. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. With the 11th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the My Chicago Bears select Justin Fields, quarterback, Ohio State. Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Hare here on 670 to score. I thought he was going to play. It's a beautiful morning. <laughs> right after that. We'll save for next time. Yeah, what a great day in Chicago Bears to see right there. Bears take, picking up. Justin Fields trading down to get him, mm-hmm. trading down to get a guy. <laughs> what a what an exciting moment right there! Uh, and now the Bears get to maybe trade down and get a guy. Uh, we, we'll find out what they're going to be doing in just a couple of months. But right now we get to talk to an expert who might tell us uh, who might be the best person for that position right there. Uh, right now joining us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He's an analyst for ESPN, SEC Network. He's also the co-host of Mac and Cube. On WJOX 94.5, Cole Kubelek joins the show right now. Cole, what's up? Hey, how you guys doing? I appreciate you having me. 
Outstanding, man. Really appreciate you taking the time to join us. Cole, also part of the XFL broadcast. And then oh! the Spring Football League has made its return. So I love that. He's on those shows on ESPN as well. He's one of the voters for the Joe Moore Awards. So we can go a lot of different directions. I think we're, we were just talking in the previous segment, Cole, about the, the Bears, their draft prospects. And, you know, reportedly now some of the rumors being put to bed about the Bears maybe trading Justin Fields himself. So with the number one pick, if they trade down, there's potential that Will Anderson, that Jalen Carter, you know, some of these dogs from the SEC who get after the quarterback at a high level may still be available to them. Between the two, we're just talking Anderson and Carter starting out here. Is there either one that you think is definitively the higher level NFL prospect? Oh, man. I, I mean, obviously, first and foremost, Anthony, some of that's going to depend on your defense. Mm. Um, you know, if you're if you're a three-down defense, that means Will Anderson probably going to have to be more of a stand-up guy playing space a little bit more. And I've seen him in coverage some, not a strength of his. Um, Jalen Carter, I think, could probably help you in both. Um, because I think if you're a three down, he could move any, he could play all three spots. I think if you're a four down, he could give you a legitimate pass rush inside, give you a big enough body to be able to play against the run, be able to eat up bodies, and then also loose enough to be able to penetrate, disrupt, and, and go get one-on-ones and, and make people pay. Um uh, if you're just talking individually, the two guys, you know, I, I heard we, we've all heard some of the stuff about, you know, Jalen Carter's effort and, you know, some things inside the facility. I've never heard anything about him being a problem or any issues with him, but you put the tape on and you can see that it's not a hundred miles an hour on every play. It's just not, uh, there are some inconsistencies there with Will Anderson. I can, I can speak to experience, been around him, haven't sat down and talked to him on multiple occasions. First and foremost, you, you are getting an amazing human being. And you're getting a guy that I think anybody would love to have in their facility, a tone setter mentally, just somebody who understands how to carry himself, how to motivate others, sets the example. And then I think physically you're getting a guy that that likes to go out there and kind of set the tone at the same time. I think he's better against the run that people give him credit for. Uh, And I don't think he's as loose as people want to believe that he is. If you're just talking about an elite pass rusher, I think a lot of his success comes from power moves. I think a lot of his success comes from him getting a one-way go. Uh, so when he's told to slant, he's usually not going to be stopped. Or if he's the penetrator in a twist, he's usually going to find a way through uh, before two guys have a chance to switch that off and go pick up the loop man. Uh, but just one-on-ones, um, you know, he's, he's gotten home plenty of times, but it's just some of the things that he consistently won with in college, I don't know if that's going to be a massive advantage in the NFL. You guys know it is. I mean, you guys had Khalil Mack there for a little while. It's a get-off, it's burst, it's flexibility, it's quickness. I mean, yeah, you, you can be a big, strong, physical presence, but you get that every week. It's, it's the guys who can get past you before you blink your eyes that you have a real problem with, and he's just not that much of that guy. That would be my one concern. Cole, that's some great insight right there on, on two guys that have clearly been on the top of minds of all Chicago Bears fans, and I'm sure uh, Chicago Bear brass. But let me ask you this. Do you think it'll be a miss? if the Bears are unable to draft one of those two guys, or do you, do you like the talent outside of those, uh, those, those gentlemen at the top of the draft board? No, I think there, there's plenty of talent at the top. I, I mean, I think if you're talking about a risk with guys that we've seen mentioned in the top 10, top 15, most of those are going to be quarterbacks. Um, I'm, I mean, listen, I've covered Anthony Richardson. I've covered Will Levis. Didn't really, didn't really watch those guys play and think to myself, franchise quarterback in the NFL. Just being perfectly honest with you, it wasn't really like the first thing that came to mind. Now, ability, talent, uh, ceiling, 
Absolutely, 100%. Um, not many quarterbacks built like those two, not many quarterbacks physically capable of doing a lot of the things that those two are capable of doing. So, yeah, you, you think those things. Um, I think that there are potentially some offensive linemen that are going to be discussed because you're probably going to get a little bit of a – I think you'll get a couple teams that will stretch on some tackles, and, and I just don't think this is a great offensive line draft. I think you could wait until the middle of the second and probably get equal talent, equal player, similar player – to what you're probably going to get in the middle of the first, maybe even in the top 12, 15, uh, at the top of the first round. Because I don't think there's that big of a difference between two and five when you're talking about tackles and guards. Uh, it's just there, there's not there's not two or three of those guys that you say, we got to go up and get that guy because he's that much different than everybody else. So I think there are a couple that it looks like if, if different teams were to try to make a move on and try to stretch on that, yes, you could say potentially would be a miss. Neither one of those two are going to be a miss. Now, they might not end up being worthy of the number one or number two pick in some fans' eyes five, eight years down the road, but they're not going to be a miss. They're just too talented. Love hearing you say that. Talking to Cole Kublick here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score, because part of the the discussion around the, the Bears trading down, one is, you know, we'll see. I, I want to come back around to maybe getting your specific thoughts on Bryce Young since you watched him so closely throughout his career. But I want to hone in on something you said a moment ago because a couple of Big Ten guys – like Paris Johnson of Ohio State, Peter Skaronsky of Northwestern, are being discussed as maybe high first-round picks with Broderick Jones of Georgia in that conversation as well. How, how do you – is there someone, before we get even through the combine process here, but as you evaluate offensive tackle, is there a guy who you do see definitively at the top of the group at this point? Not really. I mean, I think it's going to be like picking your favorite play, flavor of ice cream, Anthony, and, and that's – I mean, the three that you threw out are, are really a perfect example. I think from a player perspective, as far as, let's just say, getting guys blocked, you know, a, a ability to execute what they're asked to do on a given play, there's not a ton of difference in those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously in Paris Johnson, you're going to get a different style frame. Uh, you're going to get a guy who, who's a lot bigger. You can throw Dwan Jones in there, too, out of Ohio State. Yeah. You get an even bigger frame and even you know, a guy that just carries a lot of mass, but I mean, I, I think has a lot of sloppy habits that I don't know if he's just going to be able to get out of and being that big of a, of a human being to run around is not going to be as beneficial in the NFL as it was in college. Uh, I think Skaronsky technically is as solid as any offensive lineman in college football coming out. Uh, you know, I, I, I want to see what the arms measure out as. I think that might end up being a concern for some folks because we know how we like to obsess about arm length at the <laughs> NFL combine with tackles when we get there. doesn't mean that you can't go block people, even though you've been doing it for four years. But all of a sudden, people start ruling things like that out because you come up an inch or two short on what they want you to be. Um, Broderick Jones is the most athletic of any of them that you mentioned and probably the most athletic tackle in this draft. You watch him get out in space. You watch him in screens, whether perimeter screen or uh, middle screens, traditional running back screens. I mean, the guy runs almost like a tight end like a defensive end. And when you see his, his, his makeup, like physically he's put together that way. I mean, the guy just has almost no body fat. So he has the ability to put on some weight. I think it could be a little bit heavier. Um, there are some things technically about his game that could still improve, but change of direction, flexibility, athleticism, he's going to be at the top of the totem pole with any of those other guys that we mentioned. It's so funny when you talk about someone being that athletic and they're 6'4", 310 pounds. And, you're, <laughs> and, then, he's, and then you add in, he can gain some weight too. And you're like, I want Broderick Jones on Chicago Bears right now. Wait till uh, you see the tight end that played next to him who's 6'7", 285. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah. right, cool. Um, yeah. You know, Anthony alluded to this a second ago, and I, I just have zero problem diving right in. 
uh, you know, if you were the Chicago Bears, knowing what you know about, you know, the talent level in this draft, what would you do? If either one of those two defensive players that you mentioned um, were available, I, I'm just I'm, I'm going to go ahead and begin to rebuild my defense around those guys right then and right there. I just and, and here's the thing, guys. We've learned our lesson on whether you're picking one, three, five, eleven. It, it doesn't handcuff you the way it has in the past. So if if, if you want to take a, a defensive player, be it an edge, be it a defensive tackle, and you think he can change who you are that much. Okay, it's it's maybe from a rookie salary, it's a little bit more than some of the other guys that you would normally consider. But it's not like that's going to set your franchise back from a cap perspective moving forward. So go get the guy that you think can come in and change your defense and maybe change your team. And if it's a guy like Will Anderson, change your locker room at the same time and then begin to build around him and try to put him in the spots that are going to be best suited for him to be able to go out and be successful. I just don't – I'm not one that thinks it just has to be a quarterback. But listen, I'm a guy that would have taken Quentin Nelson number one a couple of years ago coming out of Notre Dame. Like I thought he's the best football player coming out. So I, I just I, I get the guy who I think can come in and help us the most, not only right now, but through that first contract. And and I think either one of those guys would be fine doing that. Um, depending on, you know, how you want to structure your defense and you plan on building it moving forward would probably be the definitive way in which I would take one of the two. Like I said, I don't think you can go wrong with either one. And you still have a quarterback that's young. I mean, we act like Justin Fields has played, you know, 11 years of, of quarterback at a high level. He just he just hasn't. He played two at Ohio State. You know, one was a COVID year, which a lot of people now will just tell you they're throwing out just because of kind of what it was. I mean, the guy, that young man still has a lot of development left inside of him, and it's not like he's got an elite group of weapons around him uh, that's been able to kind of help him go out and progress on a consistent basis. So I'm not, I wouldn't throw in the towel on Fields just yet. And and I, I think if you can shore up your defense with one of those two players initially, I I would take that, be happy, and move on. And I'm all I will say this, having said that, I'm always a fan of trading down. And I don't care what you need. I don't care. I, I, oftentimes, you know, unless Cam Newton or Quentin Nelson's there, somebody like that, you know, if Orlando Pace is there, you take him, you move on, you be happy. But if you don't think it's a Joe Thomas or you, or you don't think it's, you know, somebody like that who's going to come in and just make all the difference right away, Try to get out of it, get extra picks, and make yourself better in multiple spots. Cole Kublik is surrounded by pretty boy quarterbacks all throughout his career, whether you're talking TV, radio. <laughs> and so he, he knows the value of them, but also knows how they can be overvalued at times as well. And Anthony, that's why I started doing this, a podcast by myself on Sunday. I just, I'm like, I, I just got to get away from quarterbacks. Man. Like, Jordan Rogers on the weekend, McElroy every day. Now I got McElroy again in the XFL. I'm like, all right. I got to do this thing on just so I, I can say the things that I want to say. It's too much, not man. Not interrupted with, with routes and coverage all the time, <laughs> stuff nobody cares about. Excuse me, overload. Excuse me, overload. Let's talk about the line of scrimmage. But I, I am curious for your thoughts, man, because I, like you mentioned with Justin Fields, he's still in the infancy of his pro career. And for me, I, I called the All-American Bowl. Bryce Young played in when he was coming out of high school. Absolutely love Bryce Young, but by comparison to – kind of knowing what I've seen from two years of Justin Fields' Bears career, I'm completely comfortable with the Bears continuing to watch a young stud develop at QB. That being said, it's kind of a multi-layered conversation that's been had about Bryce Young because, one, there is the opportunity to kind of restart that clock, bring in a rookie quarterback on his rookie deal, and he's a more a more refined passer at this point in his development than what Justin Fields was when he was coming out of Ohio State. So what's what's your assessment of, of Bryce Young, the NFL prospect? The, the size is going to be the only thing. 
And you, you've heard some rumblings about it now, but as we get closer and we start and we actually get through the combine and we get to pro days, it's going to start to be nitpicked even more. And, and it's, it's worthy of it, Anthony. It really is. He is, he is smaller in stature than I think anybody really has any idea yeah. and really understands. Doesn't mean he can't play quarterback because the guy's already shown you at a high level against elite competition that he can do it and he can be great. I think he is the best passer coming out. Um, and he has – you know, he, his favorite basketball, his favorite athlete is Steph Curry. He'll tell you that. Hmm. And you know, I, I heard Tannenbaum say the other morning, like he's got some Steph Curry in him. It's funny, like we talked about that with him. He loves Aaron Rodgers. He watched Aaron Rodgers a lot growing up. You can tell, you know, the arm angles, you know, off-platform throws, you know, quick delivery, being able to do it without stepping into throws. Like he he can do all that stuff. So I think those are ways that he overcomes not being six five, and and how much of the NFL is hey, stand there in the pocket and drive the ball down the field anymore. I mean, it's just that that's not, it's not what it was eight years ago, 12 years ago, uh, when Brady and Roethlisberger and, you know, those guys were just standing there just waiting, 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 taking a couple hits and still pushing the ball down the field. Like, you've you got to be able to move. you got to be able to make weird throws, different throws. I mean, Pat Mahomes is our new blueprint for, for the NFL quarterback. And so he gives you just enough mobility to be dangerous. You're obviously not going to design quarterback runs with him. But he's a guy that can make all the throws, uh, and then he can give you the different throws off-platform, the quick delivery stuff. He has great pocket skills, understanding when to move, how to move, where to move, to still be able to throw the ball. And I'll go back to kind of something similar with with Will Anderson. As far as mental preparation and just being ready for everything that's going to come with being an NFL quarterback – you're not going to find too many guys that are going to be better. You're not going to find someone who just – is humble and understanding and appreciative of what he has, but also driven to go be great. He, he is a very unique, um, mentally made-up individual when you're talking about an NFL prospect at that position. I haven't been around too many college quarterbacks like him. So uh, I, I, the size is going to be brought up, and I get it. You sit, like, I'm going to tell you this. People say, well, you know, uh, you know being able I, – I understand you want to throw the ball over people. But people are going to talk about surviving and durability. I mean, I had the same questions about Tua. Nobody brought that up. And he actually had season-ending injuries when he was in Alabama. And in stature, I don't think they're very different. I really don't. But, you know, I think Bryce Young has a little bit of more of that Steph Curry in him of how to protect himself, when to move, how to get down, things like that. Um, But that's going to be the big concern. But other than that, the kid's going to be great. And I'll I'll throw one extra for you, like kind of a little bonus round here. Mm -hmm. If you can't get the guy you want early, top 10, top 12, this would be my suggestion. Wait until the middle, late of the second round or early third round and get Jake Hayner out of Fresno State. And you are going to get an absolute dog. And you are going to get a guy who's already a pro. And you are going to get a guy whose mental makeup is better than any other quarterback coming out in this draft. And you're going to get somebody who's going to get on. He's going to latch on to a team. He's going to go two or three years quarterback's going to get mad and leave or he's going to hurt and he's going to get his shot he's going to be an eight-year nfl starter i love so. hearing things like that <laughs> gotta pick him up in my fantasy league that's a hug right there Cole. <laughs> hey Cole, i appreciate you jumping on with us fantastic insight because i gotta be honest now the only thing i'll be saying from now until the draft is we better get will anderson jr over jalen carter because i know you didn't say that but that's what i heard cole in my in my head that's what i heard so i uh, appreciate you hanging out with us i appreciate you guys having me man thanks a lot we'll do it again soon of course Thanks, cole. Cole Kubelik right here on 670 The Score, uh, hanging out with uh, Gabe and Ant. Man, that was some that was some really cool stuff. 
I always love when you get guys like because you can you can say you got somebody on from the SEC network, mm-hmm. but unless they sound like that, <laughs> unless they sound like that, I don't trust them. Yeah, right? got a little bit of that draw, <laughs> a little twang, bit of southern accent. So Cole played at Auburn. He was a center. Oh, really? At Auburn, yeah, played at a high level in the college game and has done big things in TV and radio over the years. Also, I was telling you a little bit off air just when I was kind of first breaking into the. The broadcast industry was while I was coaching arena football down in yeah. Huntsville, Alabama, and Cole was hosting a radio show down there. So I used to go on Cole's radio show down in Alabama, and you know he's he's been he's been great at everything he's done. What now? You know, and I want to talk about something that he mentioned because you and I, when we're talking about uh, this draft, you know, you've been you know high on the two offensive linemen that you brought up, mm-hmm. but he kind of was like, "Nah, eh, you can get somebody in the second round that's equally as good." Mm-hmm. I haven't heard that yet from okay. anyone. All right. What were your thoughts when he said that? And then uh, do you, does that make you change your your thinking when you're thinking about guys like Peter Skaransky and, and such? Well, I think for Skaransky, and I can go into into detail on this. You want to take it to the – No, to the, I'm here. Okay. So I think for Skaransky, the, the the arm length concern, that that's always going to be there. Are there guys who can play offensive tackle at a high level without having super long arms? Yes. Part of the thing with, with just physical stature in general, even if you're talking Bryce Young, there's physical profiles that people look for at certain positions because you, you are, in theory, you're less likely to miss because historically these physical profiles have allowed, have enhanced success at certain spots. Whether you're talking quarterbacks who are 6'3 and above because it allows them to more quickly be able sure. to get to sight lines and evaluate coverage, then that helps. And just if you're more physically you know, built, then you're more durable at that position. For offensive tackle, when you're chasing speed rushes and having to adjust to counter moves if your arms are shorter, then the recovery for your hand positioning can be something that you struggle with a bit more. If your arms are shorter, guys can get into your chest more readily, utilizing power rushes and also using the violence of their hands. Then the closer they are to you, then the more likely they are to be able to win that hand battle. If you have some long-armed edge rusher who can use stab moves on you, who can be able to work the corner, then shorter arms as an offensive tackle when you're on an island make your margin for error more slim. That being said, Peter Skaronsky, I'm I'm more concerned about his athleticism, his test numbers at the combine, than I am the arm length. If Skaronsky goes and what would be surprising for some folks, if he just lights it up, runs like Joe Thomas ran when he came out at the Combine or something like that, then I think that will kind of set the world ablaze and, and let people think he can be a top 10 prospect even more so than his arm length. The arm length is, is going to be a concern. He's not going to have super long arms. There's kind of a minimum standard they're going to look for a tackle to hit. If he surprisingly gets that, then that'll be one question answered. But I think people are viewing him as a guard only partly because of the arm length concern. It's more about whether or not he's got the mobility you want to be a guy who's going to be like a top 10, top 15 offensive tackle in the draft. Because technically, he's super sound. Is he the level of athlete you really hope for to be a guy who's going to be drafted that high? That question is going to linger until he's able to answer. Yeah, and that's what scares me, right? If the Bears were to trade out of that top four spot, they do move down to a seven, a nine. But Oakland, or excuse me, Las Vegas or Carolina respectively – and then the the option is there to to get an offensive tackle to fix that whole thing. I'm telling you, after what Cole said, I, I'd be upset if that were the case. Now, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's all about value. Like I was using right. that term for once you whether we're talking receiver, and I would put these offensive tackles in in a similar conversation. The further you trade down, there's positions where you can get value for that. Like I referenced earlier, wide receiver, you get to the middle of the first round, there can be good value at receiver there. You get to the middle of the first round, there can be good value at offensive tackle there as well. But there's not one of these individual guys, I completely agree with Cole, that's just separated themselves on film where you say, you know what, he's worthy of number one overall to you know pick kind of conversation. If you go beyond quarterback, 
the guys who are viewed as maybe being worthy of number one overall pick status are the two defensive linemen we've been talking about. Oh, man. Can't say it enough. Ooh, I can't wait for this whole thing to just play out. It's like the best telenovela that ever existed All in right, life right now. Like it. uh, it's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron, and when we come back, both uh, Ant and I have made it out to the same city in the United uh, States, yes. and uh, we get an opportunity to chat about it. What city is that, and uh, how do we make it out alive? I will tell you after the break. It's Gabe and Ant right here on 670 to score. We're good, streaking! We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez. On 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. I want to be very clear that, you know, no, no, leave, no, no, don't you fade it out and get feeling a certain type of way now, Tyler Butabar. I tell Tyler Butabar, our producer, who's 19 years old, and I said, play some, play a particular type of music, because I don't want to give away where we went just yet. Uh, right. But I'll be very clear with you, we did, this is we a, did this not is go here. This is a loose interpretation of what was requested. Yeah, we asked for some. Mardi Gras music because both <laughs> Anthony Heron and I during the month of February have made our way to NOLA. Play it again. Play it. No, no, no. Go play it again. Cause this is, and I go, I go, but because here's the funniest part. Then he goes, I'm like, listen to it in preview. See if it's that. He's like, I don't know what Mardi Gras music sounds like. <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> and, and then he plays this right here. And I'm like, yeah, your ass has no idea. Yeah, as soon as he said that. You, In my you're, defense, you're... it's labeled Mardi Gras music. So. <laughs> shame so on, shame on whoever uploaded this. <laughs> shame on them. This is not what I would play if I were yeah. a producer and I thought so, Mardi Gras As soon as I heard you say that, I said, I told you, eh, Tyler doesn't know what Mardi Gras music sounds like. <laughs> All right. Uh, it is Gabe Ramirez. It is Anthony Heron right here on 670 The Score, hanging out with you guys till 9 o'clock. Ben Verlander is going to be joining us at the top of the hour to talk some baseball. Yes, it is Justin Verlander's brother. Mm-hmm. Yes, him and I have beef because his brother won the Cy Young ben over Verlander Dillon's. of the baseball Verlanders. Yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. of the Verlanders. Um, so, Ant, you just got back if from If somebody Nova. was like, on oh, with your, your siblings, yeah. like, oh, so-and-so Ramirez of yeah. the, like, what would they associate yeah. with you? Of, of the of the of radio the, Ramirez's, of the no. of the music Ramirez's, nah, of it, the bachata Ramirez's? Oh, wow. Um, are we talking about me in particular or maybe, like, my family? Oh, uh, your, your family. Like, what, yeah. what would they associate? Like, the you know, him, Ben Verlander like, of the baseball like my, my mom's a, ju- a jeweler. She's, okay. she's been a jeweler my whole life. So yeah. I, I could see, like a lot of people know that my mom, who's named Raquel, but they call her Rocky. Oh, she okay. got the rocks, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, and then my dad, you know, he just, yeah, I would say that. I would say I'll stick with the yeah. jeweler thing. Okay. I don't know, it's a good right. question. I got all personal right now. <laughs> right, right. Like, well, let me think Laid about on this. The couch my family, quick. I don't okay. know if you guys ever know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, my family has never been to NOLA with me, never taken me mm. on a trip over there. I've gone by myself, so that's why it would only be the Gabrielis, Gabrielas <laughs> out there. Did you, were you there for Mardi Gras? Uh, so no, this past weekend I had the the HBCU Legacy ah, Bowl. That's right. So it was broadcast on TV on the NFL Network, and then on the radio I called it for Sirius XM. It's the second year of this HBCU All Star Game that takes place in New Orleans. They play it at the the stadium that that Tulane at uh, Yeoman Stadium, where Tulane plays football at. But it's the second year in a row, Doug Williams and James Shaq Harris, two like you know uh, quarterbacks who played their college football yeah. at Grambling State. Doug, famously first black quarterback to win a Super Bowl as a starter. Uh, Shaq Harris, the first black quarterback to be an opening day starter in the National Football mm. League. So two guys who've like basically utilized their their credibility, their legacy that they've established from their playing career and said, let's make sure that HBCU football has like a bigger platform. And and there were several seasons where no HBCU players were drafted into the NFL. Oh. So they try to use some of their their ties with the NFL 
to use like they have an HBCU scouting combine that takes place at the start of the week. Get the NFL scouts there to evaluate players from historically black colleges and universities. They run the 40. They do the vertical jump. They do the whole deal that everyone's going to do in Indy this week. But they just do that in New Orleans in advance of the NFL Combine. It's just another opportunity for HBCU players to get evaluated because for years there just haven't been as many resources put into evaluating players who play at that level. You love people in the NFL going back and being like, oh, I know how to fix this. We talk about solutions, not problems. Uh Hey, we got this game here. Best of the best that are going to be here. Let's do a little combine right here. What does it hurt? Send some guys down there. are going to be watching it anyway. That's a phenomenal idea. And to do it in New Orleans, I mean, how much better can it get than that? It's a great event city. Babe, I got to go to NOLA. (laughs) My bad. I got, hey, hey, hey. Got to check the talent out. Uh-huh. Not that talent, right. babe. Not yeah, that talent, right, babe. Right, right. Not that talent, yeah, That's the kind of talent you're yeah. thinking. I got real work to do out there on uh, the field. Nola was fun. We went out short trip Thursday to and Saturday. And was your wife's first time going? My wife's first time. She sure. went because well, she, she went to the University of Alabama for a year. Right. And so on her like campus visit, they stopped in NOLA, but just like for a night. And okay. She was like 17. All right. right. So right. she's so an she adult really now. In Exactly. Okay. So, uh-huh. so we went, had a good time. We stayed uh, right off uh, Bourbon Street, like two blocks east uh, and then, yeah, so we were, like, in between Bourbon and Frenchman, Frenchman Street. Okay. So that, that way we were able to hit up the boat. Yeah. Uh-huh. And we had a blast. Right. Man. We had a really good time. So did your wife go down there with you? No, not this solo? trip. She's been, when okay. I went for the for the Bayou Classic back in November, mm-hmm. she came with me for that trip. That's so she's saying. been down there a few familiar. times. Yeah, yeah. Where do you yeah. rank NOLA in, like, your uh, cities that you like in the country? Oh, I mean, to, to go and visit for mm-hmm. a little bit. Like, for me, Vegas, because when I was a, a suit with the Arena Football League, Vegas became work for me, like right. going to Vegas was like we'd go there for league conventions and league meetings. And that's kind of have a different association for Las Vegas in my brain at right. this point. So I haven't been to Vegas in years, frankly. But New Orleans, even I go there for work and I'm calling games there when I go. But it's, just, it's a blast every time I go. And the food is amazing. So for me, New Orleans still feels fun, yeah. even when I'm going there for work events. So that's where, like for me, Event City Travel, work slash fun city. New Orleans is at the top of the charts. It's for me. all right there. They got the casino right yeah. there by the riverfront. Then they have you. You're know, better off walking than driving. Like, Most it's hard certainly. to drive around. New no, Orleans. no, no. You don't want to drive around New no, Orleans. You want to no. stay. You want you want to stay right in the the. I wasn't gonna curse, but you want to stay in the, in the <laughs> like in near the, the quarter. Yeah, in the vicinity. Can I, can I, can I curse? Can I curse? <laughs> no. Damn. All right. Uh, yeah, near it. I mean, it's just a good time. And then for her, having never having been there as an adult to be able to party. You know, it's it's cool. And one thing we both noticed, even the even the people that came there, the tourists from whether it be across the states or from outside of the states, beautiful people. Yeah, right. Beautiful people. I mean, when you looked at them, I mean, the couples that were walking around, everybody was there. Just mm-hmm. and then obviously Nola itself has just beautiful people. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So it, it was just it's a good place in that sense. Everyone's extremely friendly. A lot of live music. You can go. Yeah. I mean, the, the music didn't sound exactly like what Tyler played, but there's good cool. music. <laughs> there too, you know, you got the brass bands that are out yeah. there in the street, and you, you know, if you want to do get your drink on, you can walk around, you know, open open container laws. It was crazy because I'm sitting there on Bourbon and I'm looking at this guy have like, you know how like uh, I'm thinking of like an old school person where they got like the suspenders but they come out a little oh, okay. bit and they hold cigarettes on the tray but it was <laughs> right. weed uh, okay and they just they had a, a whole bunch vendor. of weed and I'm, and I'm like i know i googled this before i came here whether uh, weed was legal or not yeah, right. and my man is just sitting there with pre-rolls okay and a whole ounce of weed just sitting there and he's like uh, what, 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 what's, what's? not to me i wasn't asking him i just saw him all <laughs> right of course kinda, right. Was, yeah anyway ben Bernard there coming up next eight o'clock right here on 670 to score uh what does he think of the new rules changes rule changes 
And which Chicago team does he think will have a better record? Uh, we'll ask him on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Hare, and Ben Verlander joining us after the break right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 